HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. During this time, it's more important than ever to support our friends and neighbors in the restaurant industry. Restaurant Workers Community Foundation has set up a national COVID-19 crisis relief fund. The money they raise will provide direct relief to individual restaurant workers, support other nonprofits serving restaurant workers in crisis, and offer zero-interest loans for restaurants to get back up and running. Visit restaurantworkerscf.org to donate today. And if you need a little extra motivation, you can DM your $20 donation to RWCF's co-founder, John DeBerry, on Twitter, and he'll give you directions for making a signature quarantine cocktail. Donate now at restaurantworkerscf.org. Welcome to Inside Julia's Kitchen, the podcast of the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts. I'm your host, Todd Shulkin, the Foundation's Executive Director. Our show takes you inside the Foundation's world to meet the talented people we have the great fortune of learning from all the time. On today's show, we welcome Nate Mook, the Executive Director of World Central Kitchen. In today's episode, we'll talk to Nate about how World Central Kitchen is turning its expertise to pandemic relief and how chefs have a unique ability to help in a time of crisis. Stay with us. We'll be right back. First, a disclaimer. HRN Studio is temporarily closed, So we're recording this episode remotely. It may sound a little different than usual, but we're grateful to have technology that allows the show to go on. As always, we launch the conversation with an inspiration from Julia. The deadly COVID-19 pandemic continues to rage across the United States and around the world, despite a big effort to social distance and quarantine, including locking down many capital cities Julia felt strongly about the role chefs can play in society. When the foundation created the Julia Child Award, it was, in part, to recognize the qualities of those talented people following in Julia's footsteps. Last year, 
The Julia Child Award jury recognized Chef Jose Andres for his accomplishments to both food and society. Time and again, Jose and his team at World Central Kitchen have responded to global disasters with an army of chefs dashing into some of the worst-hit areas to make sure no one goes hungry. Most notably in the aftermath of hurricanes in Puerto Rico and the Bahamas, World Central Kitchen's teams, made up of chefs and local volunteers, stepped in and stepped up to feed people. They proved that where there's a will and a caring heart, there's a way. The foundation was very pleased to make a $50,000 grant to World Central Kitchen in conjunction with Jose Andres receiving the Julia Child Award in 2019. Check out Inside Julia's Kitchen, Episode 63, for our inspiring interview with Jose. The world is now hugely benefiting from all of this experience as World Central Kitchen leapt into action to help those impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. World Central Kitchen leverages chef-driven expertise to provide solutions to critical issues surrounding health, education, job creation, and social enterprise. A nonprofit that supports communities around the world, it's been named the second most innovative global food organization by Fast Company. Joining us today is Nate Mook, World Central Kitchen's Executive Director. Nate oversees all of World Central Kitchen's operations, including leading its emergency and disaster relief efforts. A former documentary filmmaker and tech entrepreneur, he first worked with Jose Andres on a documentary about Haiti for National Geographic. Nate also co-founded three different tech startups and was named a change hero by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for his work with TEDx. He got his start with World Central Kitchen by leading the Chefs for Puerto Rico effort in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria. Nate joins us today to fill us in on World Central Kitchen's response to the COVID-19 pandemic and to let us know what we can do to help. Welcome to the podcast, Nate. Thanks for having me. So let's just start with you getting us kind of up to speed on what the World Central Kitchen response has been to the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, so we uh, we've been we've been at this for quite a while now. Um, we got going uh, originally in early February when the uh, cruise ship, uh, the the Diamond Princess cruise ship in Japan, was quarantined, and our team um, ended up going out to Japan and helping lead the operation to get food onto the cruise ship. So we had to sort of totally reinvent the way that we work. Uh, really focused on the health and safety of those on the ship and, and those quarantined and the crew um, and everybody who was also preparing the meals and transporting the meals. So um, we kind of got thrown into the middle of this long before uh, the United States was was facing it here here at home. Um, uh, a couple of weeks later, we found ourselves in, in Oakland, California, as uh, another cruise ship was quarantined. And so uh, the state of California asked us to come in and support that effort um, with based on what we had learned with our teams in Japan. Um, and really from there, it's it's just been um, unfolding uh, across the country, uh, you know, as, as an organization that responds to uh, primarily natural disasters and some man-made disasters, uh, as we did with the government shutdown last year, uh, this is a very different type of, of, of disaster. And, um, you know, we're seeing how this is not just a, uh, a health crisis. Um, and now we're seeing it being an economic crisis, but also, uh, what we're seeing unfolding 
in our cities across the country is a humanitarian crisis. Uh, we have millions of Americans out of work right now, uh, the most ever in our history. Um, existing uh, social services uh, that provide food to folks like senior centers or schools are either not running or are at limited capacity. Food banks are completely overwhelmed and uh, there are a lot of people struggling to put food on their table, food for their families right now. And so what World Central Kitchen is doing is we, we are operating across the country. Um, we're in uh, close to 30 cities right now with operations where we're getting food uh, to vulnerable communities, to families, to children, um, to seniors, uh, working also with organizations to feed homeless. Uh, you know, really, it's it's a very wide ranging um, relief effort because the need is is so huge. Um, and so we've been scaling up. We're close to uh, about 100,000 meals a day that we're serving across the country right now. And, uh, you know, I think we're, we're just at the beginning of, of meeting the needs of, of those who are struggling during this time. And is that what you guys have identified as the most pressing need is just that particularly with the economic impact, people don't have enough money and thus enough to eat? I, I think there are certainly lots of things that we're facing right now, lots of challenges that we're facing as a country right now. But I do think food is um, at the top of the list of, of priority. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. The uh, With people out of work, um, you know, they simply don't have uh, the funds they would normally have to go and, and, and put food on the table um, for their families. Uh, you know, many children across the country every single day get their food at school. Um, schools have done a pretty good job of getting breakfast and lunch service up and running, but, um, but it's, it's a fraction of, of what's normally done on a, on a daily basis. Um, and many school systems are also going on spring break, so then they're not serving meals. Meals then, um, you know, a lot of seniors in this country uh, get meals at senior centers. So, for example, in New York City, you know, 150,000 seniors every day get meals um, through senior centers and Meals on Wheels programs that right now are not able to function as they normally do. So, I think food is is uh, critical right now. Um, you know, there there have been some some photographs of lines. Uh, you know, people in cars for miles uh, waiting to, to get to their local food banks. Uh, we've got stories of food banks, um, you know, unable to just simply running out of food and, and uh, unable to, to provide for, for the community. So we're, we're focused on a very complimentary piece, which is providing fresh meals and getting, getting those fresh meals into the hands of those that really need them. So uh, a very different type of operation than we normally do because you can't feed people in sort of a, a centralized congregate place um, as you would say after a natural disaster because people need to stay in their homes um, for their safety. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's a very different type of operation to reach folks. Uh, meaning that, that rather than where you have a sort of centralized operation where people come to you for scheduled meals, this is all about delivery and distribution of the meals that you're making? Exactly. It's, it's a very strange moment in time where there, in some ways, there's plentiful food around, right? Our restaurants are closed. Um, you know, suppliers have lots of excess food because their traditional 
uh, customers aren't buying them anymore. Um, and you have uh, farms that are overwhelmed with excess capacity that they can't sell. Um, and yet in other parts of the country, you have no food at all. And so it's a, you know, it's, it's a real um, challenge around getting the food to where it needs to be. And so what we're seeing here right now is not necessarily the lack of food overall in this country. There's no shortage of food. Um, you know, there were uh, obviously some runs on the grocery stores and things, you know, in the, in the early weeks of, of the crisis. Um, but overall, there's not, there, there's still plenty of food in this country. The problem is it's not where it needs to be. And so, um, this really is, is the big challenge right now. Um, it's the last mile. It's how you get a plate of food into somebody's hand, um, to their home, to an apartment complex. Um, it's, it's a lot more of a logistical challenge than it is, a cooking challenge as it would traditionally be say after a um you know a, a hurricane or a wildfire where we work where you know the systems are broken down the electricity is out the water's out things aren't functional in those types of cases the cooking is the most important piece because you it's very difficult to do so um in this case there's plenty of capacity. You have restaurants that have huge kitchens that are sitting empty. You have restaurant workers and chefs that want to go back to work and cook food. Um, you know, you have uh, lots of capacity to prepare food, but the real challenge is getting that food into people's hands. So I wanted you to talk about, so people understand World Central Kitchen's unique model of really using chef power to solve complex problems. And I think the other unique thing about this situation is chefs still have that capability, but in many places, they're, quote unquote, the victim, whether they have the virus, their restaurant is shut down, or they lost their job. And so how are you putting or trying to put all those those pieces together? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great point. I think chefs are uniquely situated to be able to respond in in emergencies traditionally um you know this is what we've seen over the last two and a half years of of really doing this work um since uh uh jose andres and i went down to puerto rico after hurricane maria hit um and began working in this sort of emergency uh food response and you know, chefs are deal with sort of controlled chaos on a regular basis, right? The kitchen is, you know, is always a little bit crazy. It's always a little bit hectic. You're rushing to get food out on time and, and managing, you know, a million different pieces at once. And it's, you know, in many ways, it's not too dissimilar to, to a disaster response. Um, and so what we found were, were that chefs were this, this amazing, had this amazing ability to jump in and prepare food and get fresh and healthy food, right? Changing up from the traditional model of just sending people junk food in boxes and bags of chips or, or, or in, in some cases, MREs that are traditionally made for the military. So chefs really, um, and, and the restaurant, the culinary industry at large is, is so well suited to, to be able to get meals out to folks. And, and it's something that, that, the industry does every day. Um, and so that's what World Central Kitchen really taps into. We're not, we're not going out and trying to reinvent the wheel of 
um, of, of how something should be done. What we're doing is we're tapping into that existing uh, knowledge and expertise and the resources on the ground in the places that we work, the kitchens, the restaurants, the suppliers, the farmers, um, and pulling all of those things together. So World Central Kitchen sort of acts as that, that glue of sorts that brings it all together to be able to, to do this work. Um, but you're absolutely right. We're in a, we're in a new place right now. And, uh, a lot of restaurants, uh, have shuttered, um, folks are out of work and, uh, the restaurants that have remained open are, are barely keeping their head above water. Uh, a lot of folks hoping for, um, some support from the federal government that many chefs have been, uh, champion championing for. Um, so we're looking at this in a, in a very different way, uh, than our traditional response where world central kitchen would sort of set up a big centralized kitchen or a number of kitchens and, and we would operate our own facility and staff it and, and do everything ourselves. Um, what we're actually working on now is, is something a little bit different where instead of world central kitchen doing a lot of the cooking, we can put that back to the restaurants and pay them to prepare the meals. And that way, the goal will be that we can kind of keep people working, add extra shifts to restaurants that may uh, be very limited right now, or potentially even open back up restaurants that have been shuttered. Um, and then World Central Kitchen can sort of serve in a way, almost like a like an air traffic controller of food of sorts. We know where the food needs to go. We know who's preparing the food, and we can make all of those connections and make sure the food gets to where it needs to be, while simultaneously being able to support the industry that that really, um, you know, is is uh, at risk right now. So it's kind of like this wartime model where there fewer and fewer people were young enough to remember, but during World War II that a lot of factories were either shuttered or they were commandeered or steered away from making regular products to making products specifically for the war effort. This is Jose and World Central Kitchen's vision, right, to use this all this shuttered in infrastructure for social distancing purposes to then provide where there's need for food production because the infrastructure's there, the skills are there, just the customer base isn't there. Is that right? Exactly. And it's it's not you know, it's it's actually not unprecedented. It's I mean, as you mentioned with with sort of the wartime production efforts, but actually even going back to the New Deal after the Great Depression, um, there uh, was the WPA where the federal government put folks back to work in service of the country. Um, you know, doing what they do best, right? Investing in the arts, investing in, um, you know, all sorts of different industries um, for the betterment of the country while simultaneously putting folks back to work. Now, it's not clear if the federal government is going to step in and, and support some of these efforts. Right now, World Central Kitchen is, is operating with donations and philanthropy. Um, but our hope is that if we can show this model works, which we were already rolling out in a number of different states and, um, and making sure that we're, we can get folks back to work, then it could be something that the federal government comes in and supports uh, more broadly because we know there's a need. We know that, that many people in our country right now are in need of, of food. We know that this is going to last for, for a while. Um, you know, we're not going to get through this in a week or two, you know, we're probably looking at at least a couple of months. Um, and as it gets worse, it's going to get harder and harder 
for traditional mechanisms to, to operate. It's going to be harder for folks to go to the grocery stores. It's going to be harder to get food to those that are isolated, like seniors um, and our frontline workers. Right now, our healthcare workers are working around the clock. Um, many of them uh, don't have any ability to prepare food for themselves when they get off work late at night. Everything's closed. And so they're another example of, of a group that, that right now is, is in need of support in terms of, of food. So I think uh, we're just going to see the need increasing. And we also simultaneously on the other end, as you mentioned, we've got um, all of these chefs and restaurateurs and, and food service providers that, um, that want to be put to work. So our, our goal is to connect those two things together and, and feed America in the process. Do you want to just mention about your mapping effort, too, because that's a little different than your your direct support and the coordination? Yeah, so it's it's really important that we know what's happening around the country. This is uh, a very different type of disaster than our country typically faces. Normally, a disaster sort of strikes one area or one state. This is something that we're facing across all 50 states and across the world. Um, World Central Kitchen right now is even operating in, in Spain. We have kitchens open across Spain, which has been hit incredibly hard by this. So, so even in, in the United States, uh, something that spans 50 states is, uh, is massive. And it's one organization certainly is not able to do everything. Um, and there's already been such incredible work going on from uh, restaurants opening their doors to the local communities. Um, we have a program that we announced uh, called Community Kitchens, uh, where restaurateurs could, you know, provide a, a meal to those who, who couldn't afford it during this time. Um, we uh, we've also been really tracking what's what what's available in different places across the country. So, what are school districts providing? So we've put together a map that kind of tracks a lot of these initiatives all in one place. So we can really get a sense of where are the gaps, where are there areas that um, that maybe aren't getting focused on right now? Where are the hotspots right now in our country? Obviously, New York City uh, is, a, is a big hotspot. New Orleans, Detroit, um, these areas are starting to pick up as well. And so we can look at our map and say, okay, what, what types of options are out there for food right now? And where can World Central Kitchen come in and support? Because the way that World Central Kitchen supports in New York City may be very different than we support in Augusta, Georgia. Um, and so, you know, it's very important to have that data and that information. So uh, very early on in this effort, we, um, we started to, to put together a map and um, have been tracking all of the initiatives going on. And we hope as, as we get more and more fed into it, uh, we'll be able to see where, where those gaps are and where we can, can provide additional support. I also wanted you to take a minute and talk about, because I think this is part of the vision that often a little bit gets gets lost, because maybe people start to think about uh, any organization that just feeds people who are hungry, much more in the sort of poverty sector. But with disaster relief and and epidemic relief, it, it, it is a bit different. So could you kind of talk to how does simply feeding people help beyond hunger in this kind of crisis? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a great question. And, you know, the reality is that people are hungry every day in 
the United States. And there are incredible organizations that are working every day to get food to our most vulnerable. Um, and that's, and, and they continue to work to this day. Um, but disasters um, like this one uh, really are a very different type of, of situation where folks who traditionally, families who traditionally uh, have no, no problems putting food on the table suddenly have to decide, uh, you know, what they can afford to get through the week. Um, do they pay their electricity bill or do they buy dinner for their kids? And um, this, is a, this is a real thing right now um, and it's going to be over, over the coming months. And so it's something that we saw firsthand uh, a little over a year ago when the federal government shut down. We opened a kitchen here in Washington, D.C., where we're headquartered um, on Pennsylvania Avenue. And we had thousands of government workers uh, standing outside in, it was, it was late January, early February, freezing cold temperatures to get a plate of food. It was something that, you know, you, you would see, um, you know, in, uh, in, in history books from, from bread lines. And it was something that was just really unreal to see in the United States, but it was a reminder of how fragile our systems are and how folks who have never had to stand in line for a meal before in their entire life, suddenly when they miss one paycheck, two paychecks, three paychecks, um, you know, really don't, don't have any fallback. We don't have a, a very strong social net in the United States to, to be able to support such a massive need. And so it's no different today. Right now you have, um, you know, millions and millions of, of families that are out of work and they're not receiving paychecks and they need to figure out how, how to put food on the table for their families. So it's, it's not just an extension of, of what we're already facing in this country uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, but it's, it's something on top of that. And I think that's, that's where the big challenge is right now, because so many people are, are impacted and affected by this that the existing organizations and the work that they, they, they do every day, which is amazing, can't keep up with, with, the, new, with the new demand. Um, another big problem is that a lot of organizations that work on hunger and feeding programs, whether it's food banks, whether it's um, wonderful organizations in, for example, like DC Central Kitchen in Washington, DC, founded by Robert Egger, um, that provide meals every day uh, to, to homeless populations, to shelters across the city, rely very heavily on volunteers. And right now, because of the safety issues and the health issues, volunteers are hard to come by. Many people are, are not able to volunteer. They're not able to leave their house. Um, in our country right now, the American Red Cross, which is really tasked to be one of the frontline organizations to respond after disasters, is paralyzed because the American Red Cross is made up of volunteers across our country. And many of them are in the age brackets that are at most susceptible to the coronavirus, to COVID-19. And so... So they're not able to function at all. And so it's a, it's a really tricky situation we have right now because 
not only is the need overwhelming beyond what it is normally, but the existing organizations and response mechanisms that traditionally would be able to step in and support folks, support families during this time are just not able to operate as they normally would. And so I think that's why we're seeing a growing demand for for meals, um, for fresh meals across the country. Um, World Central Kitchen, we're trying to work as quickly as possible to to reach um, as many as many folks as we can and, and develop new systems. Uh, we're working very closely with a, a coalition of food delivery companies um, to be able to reach folks and and deliver meals for free, um, putting those restaurants back to work and also putting the drivers back to work and having um, those uh the cost of, of that delivery be covered by the delivery companies. And so we're sort of having to innovate some new ways to reach folks because it's, it's a very different challenge than we're normally facing. I'm conscious of your uh, need to get back to all of that work, but I wanted to give you a chance to comment on a couple other quick things about fundraising and how people can help themselves. Um, did you want to talk about America's Food Fund, which was just announced, and, and World Central Kitchen's involvement with that? I know Oprah just donated a, a million dollars to that effort. Could could you, you explain sort of what that is and how it interrelates with what you're doing and what you just talked about? Absolutely. So, yeah, we're, we're very honored to have been included in an, ish, an initiative called America's Food Fund. Um, this was put together by Laureen Powell-Jobs and Leonardo DiCaprio with support from Oprah and Apple as well um, as a starting point, but they they launched this this public uh, fund, this fundraiser of sorts, um, really meant to highlight the situation that we're in. That that food is really needs to be a major focus um, now and and in the coming months. And so I think the the fund has has already raised um, well over twelve million dollars, thirteen million dollars, which is which is an incredible start. Um, the, the funding will go to feeding efforts uh, from World Central Kitchen and also Feeding America, which is the um, sort of umbrella uh, of, of all of our food banks across the country. And so, um, you know, it's we're, we're very happy to, to have been included in this, and it's really critical to keeping, keeping our work going. And, um, you know, it's been great to see the outpouring of support from, from individuals and organizations that are, that are supporting the food fund. So are donations to the food fund, then a portion of them are funneled to the efforts that you were just describing um, earlier? Exactly. So 100% of the proceeds go directly to supporting feeding efforts um, between World Central Kitchen and Feeding America. Um, and of course, you know, it is a lot of folks have asked us, you know, how, how do we get involved? How do we help out? Um, certainly folks in the industry uh, who are, you know, some of as we see wherever we work uh, around the world uh, after disasters, um, chefs, cooks, restaurateurs, uh, producers, um, you know, this industry is one that that jumps in immediately to respond. Um, you know, we, we don't have to ask questions and, and we have we have chefs flying all over the place and, and cooking and working long hours. It's it's incredible to to see. And we've we've worked with such such amazing folks. And so uh, we definitely have opportunities to to get involved. But because of the situation that we're in right now, a lot of what we're focused on is how we can enable local communities to cook for themselves, 
getting restaurants back up and running. And so donations right now are the most powerful way to do that because we can take in those donations and we can put them right back into the restaurants, the workers, uh, the local economies right now that are, that are really struggling. And so, um, you know, that's, that's where we're asking folks to, um, to really get involved and the best way to get involved. And then we do have volunteer opportunities as well. And people can go to our website at wck.org and sign up. Um, and you know, we, we, you don't have to be a cook. You don't have to be a chef. Um, if you can make a sandwich or you can, you know, pack a, you know, pack a lunch up, you know, that's, um, you know, that's, that's really important work. And so as we expand and as we identify need for, for meals, uh, it's a great way for folks to, to get engaged. And this, this really is a, you know, it's, it's, it's a different time. Um, you know, it's, it's a, everybody is having to innovate, I think, across um, our industry and, and how we reach people and how we feed, uh, how we feed those that, that don't have access to, to a plate of food. And so um, I think it is really going to take all of us working together to get through this. Um, I'm confident that, that we are. Uh, because we've we've been there, we've been in some really challenging, tough situations, and we've seen how by working together we can really persevere and and come through this, and how powerful a plate of food can be, not just to to get you through the day as as nourishment for for the body, but also you know really kind of nourishing the soul, right? I mean, a, a warm plate of food is something that that really can uplift our spirits and and really play a critical role as we get through this challenging time. Yeah, no, exactly. And so we wanted to also say in that spirit, um, we want to announce on the podcast that the foundation made a recent decision that we want to make a new $50,000 grant to World Central Kitchen to help with oh support the COVID-19 <laughs> relief effort and Chefs for America and really to help you guys with this vision to put restaurants back to work. So we're honored to make that commitment right now. Thank you so much, Todd. Thank you to the foundation. That's that's an incredible gift, and and we'll go uh, directly to to our work getting meals to to those that need it most. Thank you so much. Well, Nate, thank you, and thanks to everyone at World Century Kitchen, and thanks to Jose for his leadership, and thanks for being here to talk to us. We'll we'll let you get back to the effort right now. All right, appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Todd. Thanks. We'll be right back. The James Beard Foundation is a nonprofit with the mission to celebrate, nurture, and honor chefs and other leaders making America's food culture more delicious, diverse, and sustainable for everyone. And right now, it's working to respond to the dire situation the food and beverage community is in due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Restaurants, bars, and other independent food and beverage operations are often on the front lines of community revival. The majority of culinary community businesses have less than 500 employees, but collectively, this industry generates $1 trillion a year, 60 of which is pumped back into their local business communities. To help bring swift economic relief to these essential businesses, the James Beard Foundation launched a fund to provide micro-grants to independent food and beverage businesses in need. You can donate today at jamesbeard.org relief. When you flip anything, you really, you just have to have the courage of your convictions, particularly if it's sort of a loose mass like this. 
no, that didn't go very well. See, when I flipped it, I didn't, I didn't have the courage to do it the way I should have. But you can always pick it up, and if you're alone in the kitchen, who is going to see? This week, we're counting the entire episode as one big Julia moment. Giving back in a big way was something we know Julia would have been at the forefront of doing in unsettling times like these. It's certainly what she created the foundation to do. We're proud to be able to leverage Julia's legacy to help. Stay tuned for more news on the ways the foundation is helping and how you can, too. Please share with us organizations you admire who are doing great relief work in your community and will help spread the word. Send us an email or even a voice memo to contact at juliachildfoundation.org or better yet, tweet us at juliachildjcf and let us know. That's it for today's show. Thanks for listening. Go to wck.org forward slash Chefs for America for all the details on COVID-19 relief efforts across the country by World Central Kitchen, including how to donate and how to provide information to support their nationwide mapping project. For all the latest from World Central Kitchen, it's at WC Kitchen on Twitter and Instagram. Keep up with us and our own ongoing efforts to help everyone during the COVID-19 pandemic. It's at Julia Child on Facebook and at Julia Child Foundation on Instagram. It's at Julia Child JCF and I'm at T. Shulkin, T-S-C-H-U-L-K-I-N on Twitter. The Julia Child audio clip from The French Chef is used with permission from our friends at WGBH. Thanks to my co-producer at the foundation, Lauren Salkeld, and our sound engineer at Heritage Radio Network, Amanda Wang. Our theme song is New French Horn by Novi Veltorni. Please remember to give us a review. It really helps new listeners discover the show. We're on the air on Heritage Radio Network on Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, with downloads available soon after wherever you find your podcast. We look forward to bringing you back into the Foundation's world next time on Inside Julia's Kitchen. This program is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the AHRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.